When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is July 28th, and yes, we are going to talk about baseball. There wasn't much that happened yesterday, except for Shohei Otani having the greatest day ever, and we had a really fun thing on the site where both the SP Roundup and Batter's Box, that is the hitter recap as well, um, featured Shohei Otani because this was like one of the greatest days in baseball history. I'm sure there were others and people were like, oh, you forgot about this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Shohei Otani throwing a complete game shutout in game one, then hitting two home runs in game two is absolutely insane. And the funny, crazy thing is that he left with cramps yesterday in that game two. He didn't even finish that game. And he still had like one of the greatest days ever. Insane. So what's going on here? Uh, it was nine innings, zero earned runs, one hit, three walks in eight Ks. And Otani allowed 14 earned runs in his last three games. So this isn't just like business as usual. What's very strange about it was it was 56% four seamers with 16 called strikes for 35% CSW. So blame it on the Tigers a little bit for that. And 23% sweepers at 31% CSW. What I'm trying to say is that Otani went about 80% four seamer and sweeper, which is very weird, honestly, um, especially with the four-seamer going 56%. That is way higher than I normally see. And if you remember 2022, Otani was kind of not really clicking in until I think it was an Astros start where he threw amazing sweepers about 40% of the time, and it just changed everything. I mean, it just completely unlocked uh, Otani's potential, and he threw tons of them, and it was just amazing. And so entering this year, I was like, okay, I need to see that 35%, 40% sweeper again. And it's actually been interesting. He's really pulled off of it um, the past uh, month, I would say. And I see these 14 runs. I'm like, this is what the problem is. Sure, the sweeper has allowed some of those home runs. Um, but I do feel that is really the thing that was just so good before. It could also be that the sweeper command has gotten a little bit worse. However, what I have been underrating is how good the four-seamer has been this season. And it has been a detrimental pitch in, in the past. Before we had PLV, um, it's PVAL, which I absolutely hate because PVAL is all about results and not um, the actual quality of the pitch. It's just what was the result of the pitch. Thus, will give you a positive or negative value. Um, it was always negative. Always saying like, yeah, you always had worse results than you had better results. But this year, I uh, the 97 mile per hour heater is 295x average, which is, uh, sorry, that was last year. Uh, 295x average with a 10% swing strike rate. This year, it's a 198x average. 22% hard contact rate with a 14% swing strike rate. That's really good for the four-seamer with uh, with Shohei Otani. Amazing. And yet, the PLV has been the same. Think about that for a second. So, the PLV has been the same. That is the same quality four-seamer, yet it's getting these better results. How is that? I think he uses it differently, and he's been more effective putting guys away in two strikes with that four-seamer. And thus, if you get more strikeouts with it, you're going to have a lower hard contact rate. You're going to have a much lower expected average because that includes strikeouts. Um, the put-away rate was like 19%. It's up to about 26% now. And when when you think about put-away rate, is that a sustainable thing? Generally, no, it's not. Uh, I wouldn't say that put-away rate is a sticky thing. If you don't know what that is, when you get to a two-strike count and you throw this pitch, regardless of what it was, 0-2, 3-2, 
when you throw this, how often does it result in a strikeout? So if it's 0-2 and then you throw it and it's a 1-2 count after that, that is, a, you know, that is not one, right? It's against it. But then the next pitch is a fastball again. You put him away. That's a 50% put away rate because you threw two fastballs. One of them resulted in a strikeout. Okay, cool. So I don't think that sticks around for Otani, which means that the X average goes up a bit. The hard contact goes up a bit because it's going to be more balls in play with it and so on and so forth. So I'm not quite uh, sold that Otani can go 56% four seamers and and uh, 23% sweepers constantly. I think this is more of a blame on the Tigers thing. They were getting finding outs with it. They couldn't uh, get hits on it for whatever reason. Uh, I still feel like it's a little weird with Otani uh, as he's trying to figure out exactly what works. But I'm happy to see that the swing strike rate is going up as he's using it more in two strike counts. And I think of elevating it more effectively in those counts. So that is cool. All right, looking forward to other guys from yesterday, or looking at others from yesterday's games. We have Josiah Gray uh, against the Mets. Six innings, zero earned runs, two hits, three walks, and four Ks. He did the old Colin McHugh slash Annabelle Sanchez. I got to give a proper name for that. The Cannibal McSanchez. Oh, boy, that's terrible. And what that means is you throw cutters at the top of the zone where they uh, look like four-seamers above the zone, and then they fall back down, and oftentimes they're either taking for called strikes, or they don't really know how to barrel it because sometimes they cheat too much underneath it, or they act like it's four-seamer, and then they ground it out. That kind of thing. Um, and Josiah Gray did it here, which is kind of interesting. Um, and he didn't allow any hits on that upstairs, which is cool, but he didn't get any whiffs on it. And the uh, the slider was really good down. The curveball was kind of down. Um, and that kind of works. That's a Blixnell blueprint, and yet it was just four strikeouts and seven whiffs. So this was, I think, honestly, like the one of the better uh, plots I've seen from Josiah Gray that is like better just general locations. And to see, I mean, sure, zero in runs, um, but to see a few whiffs and few strikeouts with it means like to me that I don't know if this is really legit. But honestly, if I continue to see this, uh, these locations and this approach, Maybe there actually is something with Josiah Gray as he continues to try and figure it out. Uh, Justin Steele. Justin Steele. Six innings, one run, five hits, three walks, four Ks. It was a very interesting game against the Cardinals as Miles Michaelis got ejected after .2 innings um, with the whole Wilson Contreras eating half thing. And then Dakota Hudson came in for five runs and nine hits and 4.1 innings. Why I'm saying that is because, I mean, that stuff, whatever, we just ignore. But Justin Steele, uh, I think, was in a situation of having a comfortable lead early on. And it allowed him to kind of just pump things into the zone and not really worry about it. Um, not nearly the same command as we normally see. Also, lower velocity, 1.4 ticks down on the fastball. But I do kind of want to give him the benefit of the doubt, at least just in this one start sample, that it was like, yeah, you're just... Uh, you're just getting through the lineup as you do and not really trying to be as pristine as you usually are. But then again, three walks and five five hits, it could be something that is an indication. And we have to not forget this when something happens next time. If that's the same command, which is lots of the middle of the zone in this one, and not the seven of the four-seamer, um, then we might, be, uh, we might be playing the alarm bells. Playing them? I don't know. Firing off? Whatever. Uh, for Justin Steele. All right, we have a couple other guys to talk about from yesterday's games. Very few, but there are, you know, Senga and Bybee and Lorenzen and Cease and Manning and Sandoval. And of course, we have today and tomorrow's games. We're going to talk about all of those after this break. Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. 
and they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Could I sing against the Nationals? Six innings, one runs, two hits, three walks, five Ks. You know, generally, cutters and four-seamers earning underneath 60% strikes is not the recipe for saying a success. And this very much was one of those, like, I don't know, deep breaths, and it's a bad count, and that four-seamer cutter over the plate returns and out, and you're just like, whew, all right. He did have seven forkball whiffs, but yeah, not enough law of strikes with that. Slider did do well enough, but yeah, this was absolutely one of those he got away with as opposed to the actual really good success we've had with Senga. So we just kind of keep going and hope that he's okay. Um, doesn't really return to that volatile cherry bomb self. Patrick Sandoval against the Tigers. He got the win, sure. Five innings, two earned runs, five hits, two walks, four Ks. But man, seven whiffs on a slider and changeup combined. Come on. One day, you're going to have both of those back again together. Neither eclipse the 25% CSW. Like, it's just, I do not want to start Patrick Sandoval. Tanner Bybee had another golden goal. Now, I should say there are only 10 starting pitchers from yesterday, and he did have a co-share of those 16 whiffs for the Gallows pole part. It was 6.2 innings of 300 runs, not great. Six hits, two walks, not great. Six Ks, which is fine. So what happened here, uh, he did not have the command that I saw in the last start, unfortunately. So, I mean, four-seamer was generally upstairs. It wasn't as demonstrably upstairs. The slider was fine on the outside edge. It wasn't down enough, but it was good enough. The curveball was okay. The changeup had a 40% CSW, but like it was around the zone. It wasn't located down. I really want to see the Blake Snell blueprint from Tanner Bybee, like very much so. And I didn't really see enough of it here. Um, so it's kind of what I expected in the way that Tanner Bybee hit that peak last time. He didn't really hold on to it, but this is okay. Like, it's fine. I will take this on a given day from Tanner Bybee. Just not, uh, yeah, it does mean, like, okay, this is very fragile at the moment. And now he gets the Astros and, like, ugh, I feel like it's going the wrong way. But you know what? I'm going to go for it because, like, let's just have fun. Michael Lorenzen, five innings, three earned runs, five hits, one walk, seven Ks. He's the one who had the co-share of the Gallows pole with Bybee at 16 whiffs, but 25% CSW. It's fine, and honestly, I was very on the edge about do I want to start him or not in this one, and the ERA says no, the whip is fine at 120, and you have 7Ks, so it's pretty even, I would say. I I love the fact that he gets the Pirates next, and uh, that would be great, but Lorenzen could be traded at the deadline. I think he'd be someone that would be a perfect match for the Orioles for spending absolutely nothing, having some SP depth, um, but the slider was really good, and that's cool. Um, but yeah, Lorenzen to me is still someone that you only really start against middling or worse opponents. Uh, Matt Manning, the other Detroit starter was terrible. Five innings, seven earned runs, seven hits, one walk, five Ks. And yet he wasn't, um, he was the automatic streaming pick because there's pretty much no one else I could have chosen here. I don't even think I could have chosen Josiah Gray. So it was either him or no one else. Yeah. Uh, so I, so I had to go with him. Seven earned runs, seven hits, one walk, five Ks. Matt Manning, 
allowed two home runs to Otani and another one, and that was pretty much all the, the damage here. I don't think he commanded well. The slider and the foursome were well inside the zone, and it just wasn't like a good plan of attack. That said, the two things that I've said that Matt Manning needs are not to throw at 93, 94. He needs to be at 95, and guess what? That's what he was. It was 94.8, but I'm going to give him 95 here, so that's good. Second, he needs to have slider whiffs, like one that I could actually depend on to get whiffs constantly. And he did that, 9 over 33 slider whiffs. That's over a 25% mark swing strike rate. Wait, those are the two things we want. Oh, right, you have to locate them, right? So it is kind of funny to see like the start where he has those two skills I've been chasing actually being present. But yeah, you got to be a little bit better than this um, when it comes to command. And that's why the home runs happened. If those home runs didn't happen, I think actually you could have soared. But yeah, that's a huge if. Like, oh, well, only he didn't do poorly. Like, what? Um, so that doesn't really work out. Now, there is one other start from uh, yesterday. And by the way, with Matt Manning, I don't really want to buy that the command will come now. I, I think this new skill doesn't stick around with the sliders and the four seamers. I just don't want to chase it. Dylan Cease against the Guardians. Team that doesn't like to strike out. 5.2 innings, 4 earned runs, 9 hits, 2 walks, 5 Ks. So if you remember last start, slider wasn't there. The four seamer and the curveball stepped up. The slider actually earned 67% strikes in 10 whiffs here, which is on paper very good. However, he was very chaotic with it. It was very much in the dirt sliders, not those more competitive ones um, that I really do like from him that is hovering and flirting with the corner. Um, and those did get swing strikes, don't get me wrong, but doesn't quite seem as sustainable. While those that were in the zone were bad misses at times too. And the four-seamer and the, uh, the curveball, 20% CSW or lower. And two out of 69 whiffs on fastballs and curveballs. Like, you can't do that. You absolutely cannot do that, Dylan Cease. And now you get Texas. So to me, he's a cherry bum. I mean, I, I, I keep trying to convince myself that Dylan Cease is coming back and everything, but I'm going to be lowering him dramatically on the list because I looked at this and I this isn't including yesterday's start. I wrote the roundup at night. Our, our data isn't updated until the morning. But before this outing, his last 16 games, 16, and that's going back to like the end of April, it's a 443 ERA with a 135 whip. There is the Dylan Cease that I did not, you know, I kind of expected for 2022, uh, made me initially more out on Dylan Cease, and then I was like, you know what, he's just going to rack up the strikeouts, so I'll put him up higher. I regret <laughs> that I didn't lean harder on being out on Dylan Cease. Um, I didn't draft him anywhere, and there was actually a moment I was just like, I can't do this with Dylan Cease. I don't want him when he was right there in front of me. Um, but that is it. This is like, it's all right there in front of you. We understand why. Now, Dylan Cease could go on a run. It's very possible. If he's locked in with the slider, um, then he doesn't really need to ask too much of his four-seam ring curve, but I'm not really banking on it. All right, looking forward to today and tomorrow's games as I somehow made that super long, about like 10 guys. Uh, we have today, we have Garrett Cole, Shane McClanahan, Kevin Gosman, uh, Max Scherzer, Zach Wheeler, Logan Webb, Son- Sonny Gray, Joe Musgrove, Logan Gilbert. Pretty obvious there. I know Logan Gilbert hasn't been quite as good, but I feel like he's not going to be down in that valley forever, and it's the Diamondbacks, and I feel like you got to do it. Probable start is Bobby Miller, Jordan Montgomery, Grayson Rodriguez, Lucas Giolito, and Mitch Keller. Bobby Miller honestly could be in the auto start in my view. I might even like that slightly more than Logan Gilbert's because I feel like he's in a very good spot and the Reds are on the road. But I understand the track record of Logan Gilbert is better. Um, Jordan Montgomery against the Cubs seems easy. Grayson Rodriguez is in New York. It is against Judge. And I don't know if those changeups are going to be down again. 
but I, it's just too fun, so I did it. Same with Lucas Giolito against the Jays. I think he's going to have adrenaline pitching for the Angels, so even though the, the, the Jays are a good offense you want to avoid, I think he's still do it here. And Mitch Keller, I know, has been going through some weird stuff. Um, I probably should have him in questionable start here, and I'm just like, you know what, Mitch Keller, I'm going to give you another chance. I just, for whatever reason, I'm like, just... You can do it, right, buddy? Um, questionable start here. Christian Javier against the Rays. Look, at the slider gets over the plate um, for 60% strikes. That could work out as the Rays have been a little bit slower or at least a little bit worse the last two weeks. Um, Mackenzie Gore is a cherry bomb. So is Brady Singer. So they're both here, too, against the Mets and the Twins. Cutter Crawford and Reese Olsen are the two considerable streaming options. I'm going with Cutter Crawford inside of San Francisco. It's just such a good situation. Uh, a much worse offense right now than Miami. And uh, if Cutter Crawford... I uh, was able to locate one of his cutter slider sweeper. I think this could be really good. Well, Reese Olsen hasn't had his changeup, uh, but the slider is really good as he gets Miami. And if he gets those four seamers inside and, and really leans on that slider uh, and hopefully has that changeup, it could be good there too. And Braxton Garrett's on the other side of that one. And it seems surprising to, me, to a lot of people. I imagine that he's the bottom questionable, but command has been so bad the last four games and he's faced bad teams and has not come through. So I don't want to do this. Do not start here. It's J.P. Sears, but it's Coors. It's Adrian Hauser, but it's Atlanta. Tommy Henry, Dane Dunning, Yanni Chirinos. Brandon Williamson in uh, against the Dodgers. Maybe the velocity is up, but it's the Dodgers. Yanni Chirinos, maybe he does well, by the way, against the Brewers, but I just don't want to do that. Uh, Tuki, Tucson, Drew Smiley, Kyle Freeland, and it's a Cleveland bullpen, not Syndergaard, with Xavier Curry likely opening. And I don't think he goes five innings, so he's at the bottom there. Uh, Aaron Nola, James Paxson, Billy Ober, uh, lead off the uh, auto start tier for tomorrow. You Darvish is also here, and I know that sounds crazy because he just did poorly last start. That's a small sample size of one. I'm not going in on that one. Uh, I really do think the new approach is something that he's going to be focusing on here. I am doing this. I feel like you should be doing this start against you Darvish. It could be very, very wrong. And it's probably smarter for me to stick him in probable start, but this is just me showcasing. I want to do it. I'm going to do it. Okay. Tyler Wells, uh, Brian Wu, Johnny Cueto, Logan Allen, Reed Detmers, Bryce Elder, and Clark Schmidt are in the probable start here. Wells has not has, has had his commit for two starts. I believe that it's a valley and not now what he is. Brian Wu is still pitching and gets the Diamondbacks, and I feel like you should be starting because that fastball is just that good. Johnny Cueto had an amazing four-seamer last time. 14 whiffs all at the top of the zone. Such precision. And he's 5% rostered, and he gets the Tigers. That's your stream pick of the day. Logan Allen's considerable against the White Sox, as maybe the, the slider and the uh, the changeup come to life here with the heavy uh, swinging tendencies of the White Sox. But the velocity has been down uh, a tick, so I'm a little bit worried there. Same with Reed Detmers in um, Toronto. Obviously, Toronto is really good, but I feel like Detmers is just like so close to just being so dang good. And I just want to do it. I know. I'm being a little too aggressive on Detmers and Darvish in this one. It's fine. Bryce Elder is a Toby these days, but it's the Brewers, so fine. And Clark Schmidt in Baltimore. I didn't really know if I really wanted to do it, but I think I am. Uh, as it's Baltimore and Clark Schmidt hasn't been so bad um, where the floor is a little bit higher than, you know, than, uh, than we normally see. Question will start here. It's Taj Bradley versus Hunter Brown. Take your pick here. It's the Astros for Bradley then, of course, and the Rays for Hunter Brown. You could argue that the Rays are worse um, as or a worse offense and a better one to face than the Astros right now. But Taj Bradley, to me, is a higher lock for strikeouts, and I feel like that pushes him over the edge, but with considerable um, ratio risk for both of them. Massive do not start here. Um, I'm going to go through this very quickly. Emmett Sheehan is just not doing his stuff with his secondaries and gets the Reds. James Antione is not squeezing out enough of his stuff against the Cardinals, even though he just did well last time. I don't believe it. 
Brandon Fott just allowed back-to-back-to-back um, home runs in that return, and the fastball isn't good enough against the Seattle Mariners. Carlos Carrasco maybe against the Nationals. Alec Manoa has 10 slider whiffs and still not many strikes with it, and the other stuff, the fastballs and changeup are bad against the Angels. I don't want to do it. Matt Clevenger is still ill against a team that does not strike out in the Guardians. Martin Perez goes against the Padres, and maybe that works because the Padres are terrible against lefties, but Martin Perez's command is not what you think it is, so I don't want to do that. Julio Tehran against the against Atlanta, whatever. Adam Wayne right now, Joey Wentz no, Quinn Priester no, Luke Weaver no, Patrick Cor- Corbin, Jordan Lyles, Pat, Paul Blackburn versus Chase Anderson in cores, absolutely not. And Anthony Descafani, I don't think goes five innings against the Red Sox, and that is it. All right, that is it for this podcast. Um, I'll be back, of course, tomorrow and on Sunday. Thank you all so much for your support, but that is it. So my name is Nick Pollock, and may your babbits be low and your strikeouts high.